This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real-world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, we've got a full show today with guests galore, starting with BJ Colleen and then to George Kennedy III and then Lauren Fix. And then finally, Carl Brower will be um, pulling up the rear there, whatever you call that when he's, uh, I don't know, what, what do you call that, BJ? I don't know. Bringing up the rear. There, there you go. Br- the bringing up. Yeah, he is the caboose. <laughs> <laughs> so, BJ Colleen, the uh, mean and lean Colleen, BJ has the uh, news of the day, but not anything to do with wars or battles other than maybe UAW. That's kind of a little battle. But anyway, That's I don't know. That's the battle. <laughs> there you yep. go. But so. Uh, so, what's going on? Well, let's talk about the Consumer Electronics Show because we know this is the show that's kind of taken over from the auto shows. It's where all the manufacturers go to show off their new products, and right. especially the electric vehicles and everything else, all the new technology. And most of the OEMs will be there. One will not. Stellantis oh. just pulled out of the CES show completely, citing the cost and the UAW strike. Mm. So that's, that's huge. And I, I don't know how much area they had. Do you remember where they were last year? Let me I'm think. To remember how much they, space is going to be? Yeah, a hole. no, they had a big space because last year, if you remember, and I, I want to pull the when I get a commercial break, I want to pull the story and read the whole thing because this is really big news, and we know obviously it has to do, like you said, with the UAW strike. It's just more money that they they need to save some money if they're going to deal with this whole thing. But they had a huge area last year. They unveiled the new Ram, the electric Ram, which I thought right. was three rows of seats. You know, I mean, I thought that thing was beautiful. Not that I would buy yeah. an electric vehicle from anybody if my mother made one. No, I don't like electric vehicles. Unless, of course, it was just my around town vehicle. But I don't want the anxiety of it all. To me, that's something I don't, you know, high anxiety. I just need less of it in my life. So to me, there's still yeah. not enough infrastructure and all that. But that is big news. All right, what else? Well, so that's a big one, but I also want to talk about the strike because, you know, this is just amazing. The The guy who's head of UAW, his name is Sean Fan, right. and he wore a shirt the other day that said, Eat the Rich, oh. which is absolutely hysterical because he's wow. always complaining that the CEOs are making billions of dollars and the company's making billions of dollars, you know. And when you look at the gross pay, yes, but when you start looking at the net pay and how much they put into research and development, you know, he's very myopic in his thinking. Mm. And the best part is he makes probably close to 350000 a year. His net worth is almost a million dollars. You've got to love the hypocrisy that this guy is showing. <laughs> it's just mind-boggling. You know and what? on top of that, what? Well, I mean, I would love to make 350000 bucks a year. <laughs> Me too. Anyway, go ahead. So on top of that. workers. Yeah, exactly. I know. It's just, it's mind-boggling. But... <laughs> And then he likened the OEMs to Nazi Germany. Oh, so when my. you start being stupid like that and throwing oh, around sh- that accusation, you know, willy-nilly, it's just absolutely ridiculous. So to me, he's lost complete credibility if he ever had any. But, you know, he just, he's not making any concessions. And I've talked about this before. And, you know, he, Bill Ford came out, you know, from Ford Motor Company and said, look, 
we have compromised. We have offered you as much as we can. We cannot do anymore without damaging the company. They've got, you know, they've got stockholders to report to. Sure. They've got research and development money that goes into that. They're an international company, so they've got responsibilities to everybody else in the world. It's just ridiculous that they're just demanding so much. And, you know, it's just it's frustrating because now they've expanded the strike to hit the uh, Ford's plant in Kentucky, right, which is beauty. just absolutely awful, just yeah. absolutely awful. But what he doesn't understand is he's hurting Americans. It's not right. just he's trying to hurt the OEMs. But was it like one in every five jobs is related to the auto industry? Is yeah. that correct? Is that what you've heard? It's a big one because there you have everything. You have steel, you have glass, you have leather, you have plastics, you have, you know, so oil. It's like the automobile touches everybody in some way, shape or form. And uh, I'm, I'm saddened by this news, but it is not shocking to me. Um, sadly, folks, you're going to hear about this. This will be the theme for a while. There's just all kinds of craziness going on in this world. It's yeah, uh, I think it's the alignment of the planets, something to do with Uranus. I don't know. And the moon. I don't know. <laughs> we'll just take a break. I hate when you talk about my... <laughs> well, don't talk like that. We'll be right back. <laughs> Attention business owners. 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Okay, clean it up, the network says. We just got a phone call in the commercial break. Clean it up, clean it up. All right, BJ, you and I, we got to uh, get on the straight and narrow here. BJ Colleen, automotive journalist for, uh, I don't know, it's been a couple of months now, doing a good job. And for 35 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, exactly. Oh, my Lord. Um, okay, right. so you've got news, and uh, I... I we're not supposed to talk about battles, wars, or evil. If you can keep that out of it, please try to. It's impossible when you're talking about the government. <laughs> yeah, I know. So. <laughs> and here's another fun thing. You know, as if the automakers aren't dealing with enough nightmare, the Biden-Harris administration said that they want the corporate average fuel economy standards, you know, which are the ones that set what the standards should be fleet-wide for the manufacturers, they want it at 49 miles per gallon by 2026, which is a 33% increase over model year 2021 standards. Can you imagine that? Well, sometimes I am left speechless, and this is one of those. <laughs> you know, I mean, really, at some point, listen, I am thrilled thrilled with the fuel economy of these internal combustion engines today thrilled what i'm not thrilled with 
is the fact that we get better fuel economy, so they hike the price of gasoline and oil and diesel and all the rest. And so it's kind of like we're still in the same boat. It's like the frog in the hot water, you know, they just keep turning up the heat. So even yep. though no matter what, even if they got to the average fuel economy of 49 miles the gallon through the fleet, they would figure out, the government, they would figure out a way to make it to where it would have to be 69 miles to the gallon. And, you know, <laughs> it's like right. no matter what we do as consumers and as this uh, people of the planet Earth, United Planet Earth people, they're going to continue to screw with us no matter what. And I want to tell you, I'm putting a bill into the to the house to, to rename that planet with the nasty name that we need to rename. What, what are you going to call it? Well, it shouldn't be called Uranus. That's just bad. Oh. They should call it something else. <laughs> anyway. I'm not going there. I'm already getting fined by the I know. We're in trouble already. So anyway. Well, let right. me continue with this story because yes. the automakers cannot match this. You know, they've got good technology. But again, people have to buy these electric vehicles. They've got to buy them. And they're not buying them. Let's be honest. That's right. But they said that the fines that they're going to have to pay is going to increase the average vehicle price by $3,000 in 2032. Now, the average price of a vehicle is 49000 now. And there's only, according to, I think it was a AAA or auto blog, said there's only so many vehicles, like a handful of vehicles, auto blog said 350 cars, only 70 are affordable. And there's only a handful under $20,000. So... They're trying to kill people by making these vehicles just not even fiscally available to anybody. Right. Well, the biggest problem with all of this is what you just said, is that they're going to be out of the reach of the average person. I know Carl has a study. I'm trying to think. I have his info here somewhere, what he's going to talk about later on in the show. But there's a study out there, and the studies are showing that there's like a saturation point of people that they thought, well, this many people will buy electric cars and we've hit that saturation point. So now what happens is the electric cars are not selling the way that they were hoping they would because they've hit that saturation point. So people just don't really care. They don't want these things. They're not looking for them, excited to get them, because first of all, they're overpriced. There's a certain amount of anxiety and angst that goes along with the excitement. Just like when you get on some sort of a Ferris wheel or a ride at a circus, there's excitement and angst. Well, what happens is I think enough people have said, you know what? I just want to go with a good old internal combustion engine that I can know and trust with a car company that's been making internal combustion ice engines for a hundred years or more. And so here's this newfangled thing that they're trying to shove down our throats and it's just not going over well. So, you know, I'm just, um, again, kind of speechless that they just keep pushing, 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 you know? You know, I went out online and I priced a Nissan Versa, you know, the cheapest car out there, like 18, 19 grand. Yeah. If you have decent credit, 660 to 699 score, $2,000 down, no trade in. If you're financing for three years, your payment is $574 a month for a Versa. Oh, my gosh. I know. Uh, Well, you know, the worst part about that is, as you know, I'm preaching to the choir. It isn't that the payment is so high. It's that our money is worth less. So we're having to pay more with this inflated money. 
and it's horrible. It's it's just we're in some dark times of our history, of our country, and the world. So, uh, all right, hang tight. All right, no more talk about nasty named planets. It will not be allowed on my program. I swear to you, we shall not ever say the name Uranus ever again here. You have my decree. We'll be right back with more. This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru. Join Subaru in celebrating their fifth annual National Make-A-Dogs Day on October 22nd. A day to do something special for all dogs. This day, combined with the Subaru Loves Pets initiative, has helped many shelter animals find loving homes, including hard-to-adopt underdogs. Learn more at Subaru.com slash Make-A-Dogs-Day. Okay, ready? Here it comes. This is The Drive with, with Alan, Alan Taylor. Taylor. That's me, everybody. I know. The guy with the big voice. Pre-recorded, as you know. <laughs> BJ Colleen here. I like messing with my own show. You know that? Yes. <laughs> I do. Um, okay, so you have been, uh, unlike myself, I've been, the only thing I've been test driving lately is cows. I'm not going to ask. Well, you know, I have 50 cows now because they keep having babies and it's continuing. And I've got like 18 pregnant ones right now. So it's going to be 68 here pretty soon. But um, the one good thing is, is that I am learning how to truly appreciate the big diesel one ton dually truck that I own that doesn't get great gas mileage, but I'm about to go pick up 21,000 pounds of hay and I don't have a problem in the world. That's nothing for this truck. So I love it. I've, uh, I've always been kind of a truck guy, and um, I'm just really happy with my internal combustion, big diesel Duramax. Love it. Anyway, what are you driving here lately? I hear you. Well, I spent some time in the Lexus LX600, yeah. the big, 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 big SUV. daddy SUV yeah. called the flagship because it's their biggest one. Nice. It was completely redesigned. Uh, actually, came out as 2022. It replaced... The LX450, so they stepped it up another 150. Um, <laughs> I love the numbers. It does compete with like the Lincoln Navigator, Cadillac Escalade, and to a certain extent, the Infiniti QX80. Yeah, uh, it's a big vehicle. I cannot say this enough. Just because maybe because I'm I'm short, that getting into it, you know, it, it takes me to climb up and climb up, and then I'm finally inside. <laughs> but uh, first of all, it's a really nice vehicle. There are five different trims. The entry price is around 93. The tester we had was the LX600 Ultra Luxury at $133,000 and change. Ooh. So, yeah, it's a little on the expensive side, but uh, it's a big vehicle. Curb weight is just under the 6,000 pound limit, about 5,600, 5,800. Wow. And again, it's not a huge market. They sold about 5,300 so far this year because not everybody needs it. But if you have a big family and you need to carry a lot of gear and Let's say you have a horse ranch. You need vehicles like this. So I'm glad that they're not going away. Yeah. Um, as far as how the vehicle looks, I think for the most part, three quarters of the vehicle looks great. The front end has got the world's biggest spindle grill you've ever seen. I mean, it's almost <laughs> as tall as I am. Right. And I just, I will never like the spindle grill. I just don't like the way it looks. But that's their style for Lexus. But the rest of it looks pretty nice. They've got a new design in the back with the taillights and 
It is a body-on-frame vehicle, but it's using their GAF platform. It's got really good body rigidity, good comfort. Huge wheels, 22-inch wheels, which obviously you got a big vehicle. Inside, it's stunning. It is the best way to put it. And, you know, for that kind of money, it should be. It almost looks like the interior of a private jet. It's got beautiful leather. They call it Taka Noha wood trim, which I have no idea what that means, but it's really pretty. There are two screens in the middle. There's a 12.3-inch at the top and a 7-inch screen below for the climate control and also to change your terrain, your drive mode settings. It is not a vehicle for those who are afraid of technology because you'll just get in and start crying. But you have to, I mean, seriously, I, I pulled out the owner's manual. It was like 600 pages. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm just trying to figure out. How, it's I, a I, war and peace. Like, oh, I was. And you, know, you and I, we can jump in any vehicle and figure out how it works pretty much instantly. But this one, I'm like, I need to look at the owner's manual. That's it's funny. got a lot of things that are still controlled by buttons, which is I'm okay with. That's always nice. Wide center console, very big, deep center console storage area. I couldn't get the wireless phone charger to operate for me. I was going to say maybe it doesn't have one, but this car had everything. And the Toyota Corolla Cross I drove had one, so I just couldn't figure out how to work it, Mm. which is kind of crazy. The seats are really ultra comfortable. They have extended thigh support. As it should be. I have a friend, yeah, yeah, six foot four. He loved the leg room in there. The seat back recline was was just absolutely ridiculous. He could have slept the whole way. Three rows of seats. The second row has massage function, but not the front row, which I thought was kind of weird because Navigator has massage seats up in the front. Yeah. It can tow about 8,000 pounds, which wow. is nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's got good power. No more V8s. 3.4 liter twin turbo V6. Really? 409, yeah. It's wow. got good engine. 49 horsepower, 479 foot-pounds of torque, made it to a 10-speed automatic. Wow. Full-time all-wheel drive, limited slip differential. Active height control. Now, I mean, you know. Now, for wait a minute. How many? It was 100 and how many thousand? 133. Oh, my Because this is the gosh. ultra luxury. Okay. And it should have everything. You said they've only sold 5,300. I did a little bit of math here. Yeah. Uh, 5,300 times 130,000 is somewhere right around $650 million worth of cars. So that's, it's, you know, I mean, as you're looking, of course, by the end of the year, they'll probably be closer to a billion dollars of just that vehicle and only selling 5,300 of them. Well, you know, you got to stay in the segment. You just have yep, to, you yep. know. It's a big And, and, big and because you're a luxury manufacturer, you have to show it off. You really do. Yep. But you know what? One thing that's nice about it is the mileage is, is 19, 22, and 17. I got about 18 on the highway. Wow. If you think about it, those cars, when the old cars, when they had V8s, you would get happy to get 10 or 11 or 12, yeah, exactly. right? Yeah, so yeah, so yeah. this one's really good. And you yeah. would think it would have driven like a bloated whale. But I was <laughs> I was blown away how impressive and how controlled and how well-mannered it was. You know, it took curves with no problem. It's comfortable on the highway. Mm. So you really do get what you pay for. And apparently it does really well off-road. I wasn't about to go taking 22-inch beautiful wheels and t- Here's off road, but it did have a dirt, sand, mud, deep snow, rock, everything. So, and full bonus safety features. Really, really a nice vehicle if you have the money. It damn well better be not a bloated whale for $130,000. The Lexus LX 600. Thank you, BJ. Thanks, Alan. All right. Well, we now go from a short female with attitude to a very tall guy with a lot of joy in his heart. We'll be right back with George Kennedy III. Stay with us. I'm very tired. And I'm not feeling right. 
Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Well, it's time to talk to George Kennedy III, co-founder of uh, Cartender.com. Freelance automotive journalist. He works for the likes of the New England... No, he, he's actually the vice president of the New England Motor Press Guild, but he also works with U.S. News & World Report, Car Gurus, Forbes, Wheels, and of course here on The Drive. The guy does a lot of stuff, and... He's sitting in his car, helping his friend winterize his boat in the marina somewhere in near Boston somewhere. <laughs> George, you're an animal. I got to guess it's that time of year, isn't it, on the East Coast, you know? Unfortunately, yeah. Luckily, it's a nice day. Yeah. Today, but, uh, you know, otherwise, it's been gray and gross, and that's the time that you start to put, get the boat ready to put away for the season. Yeah, for sure. Well, and, and even up here in the Pacific Northwest, we have to do the same stuff, and it, it makes me cringe to think that it's that time already, you know? Okay, I so know. talking about cars, you're driving something that I'm surprised, I have to say that, and it's not a slam on either Toyota or Subaru because they – they got together, they went on a couple of dates, and they had kind of some babies. One is called a Toyota GR86. You're driving that. The other one, that's from Toyota. The other one that is a um, half-sister kind of a thing or brother is the Subaru BRZ. It's basically the same car, only with a twist each direction. And maybe you could give us a little more background on that for this 2023 Toyota GR86. Yeah, so it's colloquially known as the Toyobaru because it's, <laughs> it really is, in a lot of ways, a Subaru sports car. But it's, you know, it's got the boxer engine. That's a very Subaru thing. Subaru, its entire lineup is boxer engines. So that means four cylinders laid flat two of those cylinders punching at the other two cylinders makes for a really low center of gravity and it makes 228 horsepower that's something that hadn't been around with the previous generation Toyobaru that had closer to 200 horsepower people said we wanted more horsepower in a vehicle this light 25 to 28 horsepower matters right so yeah, sure this little lightweight sports car with a low slung low center of gravity motor manual transmission rear wheel drive fantastic clutch and transmission Whoa. fantastic cornering abilities it is once again in a era of 
big, bloated, self-driving, you know, wipe your own behind for you <laughs> modern cars. This thing is a, you know, as close to an analog breath of fresh air as you can get. Wow. You accentuated a few interesting words there. You know, let me ask you, first of all, Subaru makes the vehicle. Did I hear you say it? So it's a rear wheel drive car, right? Yes. Yes. Is the Subaru version, the BRZ from Subaru, is it also rear wheel drive or is it all wheel drive? Yes, it is. Yeah, so it's the only vehicle that Subaru currently makes that is not all-wheel drive. Um, Each version has their own chassis, take on chassis tuning and ride quality, Mm. sort of what they're trying to get out of it. I want to say the Subaru is a bit stiffer, but I don't recall. I don't remember the last time that I drove the Subaru version. Mm -hmm. But our test model came with a, I think it was a $1,700 exhaust package, and that made just Mm. this fantastic engine note. Just <laughs> you, phenomenal. You are, engine I got to tell you today, you are really accentuating fantastic. And you know, this, uh, it's really funny. You must really like this. Yeah. I'm driving a good car. <laughs> ah, well, there you go. What a difference, right? So here's yeah. a funny thought. Subaru, an interesting partner for Toyota. Okay. But another interesting partner for Toyota is BMW with the Supra. But what's interesting about these two kind of, you know, these, what do you call it, a threesome, is that Toyota... Love triangle. There you go. Toyota is working with these other car manufacturers at a very interesting time in history. Because look what's going on around the world right now. You have, you know, of course, the UAW, which somebody made a good point that the UAW is the UAW for American cars and companies that you would think of as American car companies like Stellantis with Dodge and Ram and and their other, you know, Chrysler, they're owned by a a European company now. So they really, do they really care about the UAW as much as, you know, General Motors does and Ford does? And picture the fact that, like, if you're the ownership group, Imagine, you know, okay, we're in this great, we've made this big move to have this merger, we're in this market, we're excited about this, and then, oh no, now we got to deal with this, right? right? So, and just remember too, you know, there are plenty of automakers in America that are import, quote-unquote, automakers like Kia, BMW, Volkswagen, they all have production facilities in the American South and other places that are not union. So, while there's picket lines going on in Detroit and Bowling Green, et cetera, wherever, these other guys are building cars and and the dealers are going to leverage that as much as they can. Well, so what I'm thinking about here that is interesting is that Stellantis, you know, bought FCA or the Chrysler group or whatever you want to call it and owns Jeep and all these other vehicles and uh, they own them, right? Where Toyota looked at what, you know, kind of the world and the world conditions and goes, you know what, let's not buy Subaru. It'd be too much anyway, but let's work with Subaru. Let's create an alliance with Subaru. Let's create an alliance with BMW and create some love babies, if you know what I'm saying. So there are pros and cons to that sort of arrangement. And on the one hand, Toyota, it gets to be risk averse. They get to diversify their portfolio. They get to jump into different things they might not otherwise have done. The problem is that the people that these cars are for 
yeah. know the most about where these cars come from. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. say you did this with a Toyota Camry and you somehow ended up in a relationship with Chevrolet. Honestly, the average Camry buyer <laughs> right. might not care. Wait a minute, it it's an Impala it. underneath. <laughs> yeah, but if you have, and yeah, I guess if, uh, if reliability is a concern, then that might be a problem for you, right? But if you're a performance enthusiast, it means that you research your cars. You know about the cars and you go, okay, fine, the GR86 and the BRZ, they're both you know, clean sheet designs. It's okay that they started from nothing. And the thing that you and I have talked about this multiple times is that with the Toyota and BMW, with that car, they set themselves up for a weird conversation at every Cars and Coffee ever oh, yeah. by calling it a Supra. Now, let me tell right? you, let me tell you right there, and then I'm going to take a break, and we're going to give you five minutes on, on this uh, Toyota GR86. So to switch to the Toyota Supra, a.k.a. the BMW Z4 called a Toyota Supra. I bought one. You remember that? I bought I do remember the that. new Supra. And only because I liked the fact that it was, you know, I, I kind of liked it. I, I wasn't a, I'm not a purist kind of guy. At least I didn't realize I was until I bought one. I bought it. And then I thought to myself, there's something missing here. The DNA of this vehicle, the Supra, the word Supra that I bought was not the same. It was more German, and it had more BMW-ness than it did Supra-ness. So what it caused was a glitch in my programming of my mind. I wasn't sure what I was really driving at any given time. You had a crisis of identity. Yes! Of a crisis of automotive identity, okay? <laughs> it was so weird. Anyway, I kept it for a while. I drove it a little bit. It was a nice car. There's nothing wrong with it. But I guess I'm finding out I'm a bit of a purist. By golly. All right, don't go anywhere. George Kennedy's driving the new Toyota 2023 GR86, which Subaru helps to build and make for them. And Subaru has their own version called the BRZ. Anyway, we're going to come back and find out what his test drive review is. Stay with us. The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget. Never settle. Never surrender. And now, Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full-throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475-horsepower Durango SRT392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Well, you're listening to The Drive all across America and around the world because of stuff we say that we get in trouble for because we're honest and we should be honest. So we're willing to get in trouble for you guys. That's what it boils down to. I'm Alan Taylor. George Kennedy III is here. And uh, George is talking about this uh, Toyobaru, Toyota Subaru Toyota GR86, which it doesn't bother me, okay? Just so you know, I think it's kind of cool. It doesn't bother me as long as the they are. A, it's a conquest vehicle. Maybe somebody that is not a purist, that is a, you know, I mean, what was there before this? I don't know. Toyota maybe didn't really have a sporty thing like this. So this was, well, that, you know, go ahead. 
that's the thing. They're one of the biggest automakers in the world. Right. You know, you'd think they would have the toppers to do a clean sheet design. I think it was supposed to be a clean sheet design. And I don't know if it was sort of latency from, you know, the economy or whatever. But right. this thing that once was a very unique, I think it was the FT1 concept or mm. the F1 concept that they had at the Detroit show like 10 years ago. Yeah. Ended up becoming the uh, rebodied BMW Z4. Which, by the way, the Supra is a phenomenal car. It's one of the best performance cars out there. I am happy that it exists. I just think me that too. in yeah, me too. In having it be a combination with the BMW Z4, where, by the way, if you open the lid, you're seeing BMW logos everywhere. Sure, sure. yeah. You call into question, you know, it's going to come up every time. And somebody who's really into owning Supras, it's the only time where the fact that the car is built and originated as a luxury brand, which is considered a higher tier brand than yours, is a problem yeah. or an issue or a talking point. Well, right? it's, it's a bit of a, um, hmm, this is not going to be a nice word and nobody's going to like it, a bit of a morphodite because of that. And Ooh. well, and the, the reason is because it is very polarizing to the purest, where the people that just love the look of it and love Toyota and love BMW are perfectly happy. I was that guy when I bought it. I was that guy. I thought, I love these two car companies. They're great. And they're going to be greater together, kind of like Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Chocolate, peanut butter, I love it. But, you know, I'm becoming a chocolate snob now. So um, I guess that's the way it goes. But anyway, you got about three minutes to tell us about away from the Toyota Supra, right. back to the Subaru version, the Toyota GR86, which is a smaller version of the Supra, you might say, one step down. Well, it's from not the smaller version of the Supra, but it, it is its smaller sibling, I would say. There you go. It also has seating for four, quote-unquote. It's got two small <laughs> right. bucket seats in the back. Yeah. Very, very tight. Could you get in there? Um, Could you get in there? No. Uh, no. You know what? You'd have to move the front seat way up. No. <laughs> yeah, so, take it out. But I'll tell you what, for a car that, and i, I got to say it again, is one of the best corner carving, handling cars. Yeah. It is blissful, blissful corner carving. That's nice. For what that is, it was actually very comfortable. A lot of cars, you know, especially with BMW, speaking of which, right. like if you get into an M car, it punishes you yeah, when very, you're on the very, highway very and you go stiff. over a bump. Yeah, right. I don't know if it was, so we drove the premium trim, so upgraded padded leather seats. I don't know if it was because it was the premium trim with those thicker seats that it was just able to soak up bumps in the road or that, it's a lighter car, so it's not sending ripples through every time you hit over a bump. But I had to drive all over New England this weekend. I went to go see my sister out in Amherst, Western Mass. I went to go to an event that we'll talk about later in Connecticut. Each of those was two hours plus. And I just, it was fine. I have been in cars that cost three times as much. Right. They were not as easy to put away the miles. Well, they're doing something right. Clearly, because they're still making it. They've been making it now. Like you said, the, the concept came out like 10 years ago, and they're still making this. So the relationship with Subaru has got to be good. They're still making a vehicle that obviously is selling because this is a nice long run for them. But how much money is the uh, Toyota GR86? Prepare to spend around $30,000. Good and deal. Just wow. remember the, these numbers, yeah. 30000 and 30 miles per gallon. Because that's we average whatever the EPA says. We averaged about 30 miles per gallon. Oh, that's good. I think, by the way, my Supra was closer to 60. And uh, 
So for you could have two of these or one Supra. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if they cost That's that right. much now, but I did get a loaded launch edition. Of course, I always like to do that. But all right, we're going to go take a break here. On the other side, we'll talk. We'll wrap up this little vehicle. And then George has got a little bit of insight to the future of Audi, of which he has asked me not to talk about it today. And I said, no, you've got to. So he can't tell us about everything, but he's going to give us a little bit of an insight to what the future of Audi is when we come back. It's The Drive. Stay with us. Yes, Audi, the future. Is it all electric? Are they going to do internal combustion? George Kennedy will tell all, or part of it anyway. We'll be right back. It's been some time since we last spoke. This is going to sound like a bad joke. But mama, I fell in. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. Well, with such a crazy world right now that we live in, with strikes going on, wars going on, um, what else is going on? Well, you know, just you name it, fill in the blanks. Uh, It's nice to hear enthusiasm once again from my friend George Kennedy III. Um, He's driving the Toyota, the 2023 Toyota GR86, and evidently he just loves it. Right around 30 grand, 30 miles to the gallon, says it drives like it's on a rail, and uh, he likes the shifting of it. I haven't heard anything negative about it at all. The only thing I would say is that the infotainment is a little buggy. I think this is a sort of byproduct of, like, it's an enthusiast car. It's not a consumer car that you have to worry about hey, someone's going to be in an hour-long commute in this. Let's make sure we get all the touchscreen right. It almost feels like that was like the last thing slapped on there. And it was, I was trying to connect to car tender. I started to, uh, to Apple CarPlay, and it would crash here and there. I don't know if that was the cable I was using, but it seemed to be a little buggy. And that's, you know, on a long trip, that can get a little annoying. But outside of that, that is one of the best corner carving cars the clutch is absolutely unbelievable. The clutch feel, the pedal feel, the brakes, the steering feedback was just what you look for if you care about a car with minimal electronic nannies in 2023. Well, the electronic nannies in the next hour, Lauren Fix is going to be on to talk about how the cars are now monitoring. They're listening. They're monitoring your eyes. They're uh you know they're 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 gathering data. You know, and um, she's got uh, oh, and then kill switches. She's going to talk about the mandates for kill switches, which meaning 
the car, when you get in there, if it detects that you have been drinking or something to this effect, she was telling me, that uh, you won't be able to start the car, and the car gets to choose this. So, listen, electronic nannies. That's all I can say. All right. Now, so he likes the car. Go check it out. If you want a car that'll just evidently rock your world the way it did George. And George is six foot three. He's a big guy. For him to tell you all these things about this small car, um, <laughs> I'm impressed. So a GR86 from Toyota, nicely done Toyota and Subaru because they're, I'm sure the BRZ That's is right. very similar. Yeah. That's right. Thank you for mentioning. Thank you. Know, yeah. Shout out to Toyota and Subaru. That's right. right. That's right. Okay. So. Give us a little window into the future of Audi. And I said it on the way out. You got about two minutes here. Are they going to go all electric or are they going to still continue to make internal combustion? Can you even talk about that? Sure. So earlier this week, I got some seat time in the new Audi Q8 e-tron and RS e-tron GT. And those are... Anything with e-tron in the name for Audi is fully electric, right? Ah. And so while I can't talk about the driving impressions on that, they're embargoed till next week. So the next right. time that I hop on with you, we can talk about them. Yep. It gave some insight as to where the brand is. You know, many of the traditional automakers are getting into EVs. I think Audi is in a really strong position. They had the e-tron originally, which that was their first product. This is a replacement for the e-tron, if I understand sort of their product planning correctly. And while there is a vehicle called the Q8 in the Audi lineup currently, this does not share a chassis with it. It's its own EV platform. But the idea being is that they're similar in size, similar in packaging, and that they offer, it's a, you know, if somebody's shopping for the Q8, well, they want a similar vehicle, an electric version. This is that. Yeah. Conversely, the RS e-tron GT. So the e-tron GT is on the same chassis as the Porsche Taycan. So low, wide, mm. if, you know, if you want an EV and you want the performance model, this is the focus performance model. And the RS is the latest and is going to be the, the top tier version. Again, by the um, way, yeah. Porsche and Audi owned by the same parent company. So it's not the same as Toyota and Subaru and or Toyota and BMW. It's a little different because he was saying they do share a chassis there. Okay, so thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, the thing is here wasn't the remember the movie Tron, and we're running out of time here. Remember the movie Tron? Uh huh. Yeah. Wasn't Audi kind of Tron's car? I mean, I could be wrong, but there was a movie where Will Smith was in, it and and Audi. This was years, like ten years ago. Audi was really way ahead of their time in well, getting Will involved. Well, Will Smith was not in. Tron, uh, right. But Tron. What, what was it called? Oh, my gosh. But it's too late now. Oh, well, it was iRobot. iRobot. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So they they clearly saw and knew what their future was a long time ago. All right, George. Um, so some new stuff, new electric cars coming out of Audi. And we'll get him back to talk about the actual test drive later on. All right. There's another hour to go right here on The Drive. Thank you, George. We'll be right back, everybody. Thank you. This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru. Join Subaru in celebrating their fifth annual National Make-A-Dogs Day on October 22nd. A day to do something special for all dogs. This day, 
combined with the Subaru Loves Pets initiative, has helped many shelter animals find loving homes, including hard-to-adopt underdogs. Learn more at Subaru.com slash make a dog's day. This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, hour two starts out with a bang because here she is, Lauren Fix, the car coach reports. And uh, of course, the car coach does report.com, carcoachreports.com. She's reporting right now on what is this news I'm hearing about kill switch mandates? What is that all about, Lauren? Okay, do you remember that infrastructure bill that passed? I think it was like uh, 2021. When Biden got into office, it was a $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. And they really just had to push it through, and they pushed it through at the last minute while Congress was just getting ready to leave. Well, nobody ever reads these things, as you're probably aware. It's like, you know, we just put it on your desk. Can you read this uh, 1,000 pages overnight? It's like, no one's doing that, right? So what they pass is something that's hidden in there. And I can actually give you the section if you really you know, want to dig deep. But what's interesting about this is this kill switch is actually going to be in vehicles as of 2026. So it was proposed as how they put it in there is it's for drunk driving. So nobody wants drunk drivers. No one's against that. Nobody wants drunk drivers on the street. So how do you stop that? They're going to put kill switches in. So every time you press that start stop button, it's going to scan your finger for any sort of substance abuse. Wow. If it thinks that the car thinks could potentially interfere with your decisions. You got to be kidding me. So nope. it's like a it, it's so, a uh, it's like a medical mm, device really. I mean at the end of the day, right? It's reading your your DNA almost, you know? Right. If you take a closer look at it, just so you know and if you've got a pen and paper, it's section 24220 of the bill. 24220 so all you do is write that down and put in infrastructure bill 24220, and you will read what it says. And it basically mandates installation of equipment to, ready for this? You're going to love this. Listen to you in your car. Noises, conversations, monitoring your eyes, and kill switches if there's alcohol or a substance in your system. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whoa! Well, you know Whoa. what? What is the privacy? Pri- Hello? Yeah. Right, right, That's right. out the window. Wow. And you know if they build it here in the U.S., they'll probably build the same systems on a global basis. So I'm listening to Alan's car having conversation with his wife. I now know everything you're talking about. Wow. But they're already doing that with data. I have a report coming out, not this week, but next week, from Mozilla. You know, people know who they are. They do um, one of the search engines. And they checked all the different car companies. They found out that 85% of them were listening to your data. And that includes, like, sexual preferences, religious opinions, the music you listen to, where you're going. All that data is already being collected. And they're selling it to third parties. Yeah. Nice. So it gets wow. better. Because this <laughs> isn't good enough, right? Okay, hold on. So I wrote it, it down. Section 24, 220. 220. 
of the bill. Of the infrastructure bill. Infrastructure bill. Okay. Oh, I got to Passed by this. the Senate and the House. Wow. And of course, signed by the president. So it states that all new cars in the United States will be required to install these kill switches by 2026. The section was passed allegedly to stop drunk drivers, but the law is very broad. And the concern is that it may lead to government abuse of your privacy. No kidding. Especially as if the government wants more and more control of your car and literally everything about your life. But it also other areas of your life. And so they passed it with the saying that it prevents high-speed crashes and drunk driving. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm in on that. Then I'll tell you how smart the people are that you elect in office. They don't read these things. Oh, that sounded good. We passed it. This is very far-reaching, and I'm afraid will be further use of what I'm going to call lawfare. Warfare using the laws yes. against So you are not going to be a free citizen anymore. You are no. literally being monitored everywhere all the time. Your phone is already doing it. Believe it or not, yes. your phone They're is... They're listening to this conversation absolutely, now. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You talk about a new mattress, what's going to happen next time you get on social media? Every mattress commercial that you can imagine is going to pop up in front of you. How do they know? You just said They're mattress. Listening. Now You're I'm going to not... get it on my Facebook page and everything. <laughs> there you go. Are you well, looking you... for a mattress? It's a mattress sale. You needed what a new mattress have anyway. <laughs> We know that everything listens. I don't have any Alexas in my house or I, yeah, I Apple devices neither. other than my phone. So we oh have this whole God. game we play. So my husband and I will sit at the table, and we always try to play this game. I'll go, cranberries. I'm thinking about a cranberry farm. We should grow cran. I love cranberries. You do cranberry recipes. <laughs> there it and is. Cranberry jam. <laughs> and then all these cranberry things start coming in my inbox. I'm like, this is bonkers. Uh, try it sometime. Just start having know, a conversation about it, something you would never talk listen, about. Listen, it's start popping up. funny, but it's scary, too. Hang on. Lauren Fix. Yes. CarCoachReports.com. More to come after this. Stay with us. Attention business owners. 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Oh, my gosh. Harsh reality. Welcome back. It's uh, The Drive. Lauren Fix is joining us. Uh, infrastructure bill 24220. Uh, listening. They're listening to you. They're monitoring your eyes. This is a device that in by 2026 are going to be putting in all cars, new cars. Um, and they're mandating this. 
they'll be monitoring mm-hmm. for substance abuse. So if if the car determines that you have had too much alcohol or cocaine or God knows whatever, who knows, then your car will what? Stop? I don't know. But here's what's it worse. It doesn't start. It won't it start. It won't start. Okay. And if you are driving and maybe, because even on today's cars, yeah. here's how you know you've got eye tracking. Take your phone and sit in your car while it's running. Take your phone and just take a picture of the dash. If you see two red dots, two green dots, two blue dots, it's eye tracking. And most vehicles that are new have it. And even vehicles for the last two or three years have had. Anytime you see that, Mm. are you drowsy? You should pull over for a rest. Your eyes are being tracked. And that's how it makes the decision. But that's only visual. This is now going to be listening in your car and everything else. Mm. And I don't like this at all. This is very scary. And then they go, oh, no, you're overthinking it. Well, first off, they're selling your data to third parties for money that yeah. you don't get any of. Right. And they're saying that it's about $1.4 trillion that the car companies are making selling your data. Ooh, baby. Well, they owe here, you a piece of that pie. You said it in the commercial break. People didn't get to hear it. It was, this is why they want us in electric cars. It, mm-hmm. It's because all the electric cars are now, of course, so different. There's like a learning curve, a retraining. There's things in there that we're not familiar with, and we're just going to have to get used to it. We're being kind of mm-hmm. downloaded a new operating system our own selves. But you said it, and here it is. You haven't paid your tax. Oh, I'm sorry. No electricity for you for your car. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you owe a, a parking bill, whatever, for a parking ticket. Sorry, no electricity today. I know where you are for the next four hours. You're getting your car charged at whatever fast charging station. I'll be there. They could send the police for that. Why do they think they've armed the IRS? Yeah, exactly. Why does the IRS need firearms and ammo? Yeah. They're supposed to collect money, not shoot at us. Gosh. Interesting. Just saying, I'm not putting on a tinfoil hat, but when you start saying these things and they start coming true, you start going, whoa. Yeah. Scary. Well, I mean, so the good news is that the classic car industry is going to go through the roof with this, with this kind yeah. of stuff. Because I, I have cars from the 60s, and I'm not selling them. That's right. I've got tons of early Mustangs. I'm a collector of early Mustangs, 65, 66 cars. You know what? When everyone's like, oh, my God, they shut down my vehicle. Not this girl. Yeah. I'm Mad Max. I got a way to get around things. <laughs> Mad Max. Well, what's, Remember Mad Max? Yeah, oh, Where the world went upside down and oh. everyone that had normal vehicles was able to travel? Well, I'll be one of those. <laughs> it, it, me too. Me too. Trust me. So what's going to happen? Is is SEMA, the uh, Specialty Equipment Market Association, kind of our watchdog group? Are they up in arms about this? Who's There's who's getting mad about this? You know, I am. Uh, consumers, you, the listeners, you need to call people. They can wipe this out very easily. All they have to do is get the House to say they want to strike this off the infrastructure bill, and it's done. They want to defund that 24-220, and it's gone. They can do that. And if they do, then, of course, then it's just unfunded, and then no matter whether the Senate agrees or not, it's done. The problem is there are so many politicians that have other people's hands in their pocket that they do whatever they're told to do. And it's kind of scary. And, And while the UAW is fighting about electric cars, I mean, this is just a whole other thing. They're now realizing, wait a minute, less workers, too. What are we supposed to be doing, sitting at home with cars that control our lives? I don't want to live like that. That's not freedom. That's living in North Korea. So the UAW, I know you're very vocal about it, and we're going to talk to Carl about it Mm -hmm. here in a minute, too, Carl Brower. But Mm -hmm. you just said something. I don't know why they aren't making a bigger 
badder, louder stink about the electric car thing. And this bill, 24220, the UAW needs to be the ones that are helping to fight for this. And they're fighting against their employers right now. And they're letting this go Mm -hmm. get brushed under the rug, I think. Absolutely. No, I agree with you. Um, I I think the UAW workers are getting underpaid, but I also think that tying it to what executives make, which is way too much money, we all know that, yeah. has nothing to do. It's an it's an apple and an orange. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I mean, when you are an executive, and I'm going to hire Alan Taylor to be the president of my company, the board of directors makes you an offer and a contract, and oh, they say, listen, oh, if oh, you perform, oh, oh, stop right you there. I, I want that job. I want that job. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Stay with us. I want that job. <laughs> Me too. Hit me, raise it, baby, stay with me. I love it. Love game, intuition, play the cards with spades to start. And after he's been hooked up late. The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget. Never settle. Never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. Uh, Bringing you the news from all over the world. Detroit, probably the main place lately because of the UAW battles that are going on. United Auto Workers and the automakers. Lauren Fix from CarCoachReports.com. She's a publisher, is here talking about all this kind of crazy stuff. Kill switch mandates. That's scary. Our world is a world of wackadoodles lately. I don't know what else to call it. Okay, so you were what were we talking about in the commercial break? I completely lost it. What were we talking about? Oh well, we're talking about the UAW and a mutual friend of ours and things Uh, coming up in the future. But oh right, right. But as far as the UAW, what's interesting is I know that Sean Fain, who is the president of the UAW, wants to get more money for his workers. And I'm not saying they're overpaid because they're not. They're actually underpaid. You can't live on $17 an hour. And they haven't had a raise in many, many years. And so I think there's something reasonable you can negotiate. Right. But starting to shut down plants is not reasonable. And I actually think Ford made a mistake by putting Bill Ford out there. Ugh, terrible, terrible move. It was a bad optics. It should have been Jim Farley, but... Anyway, the interesting thing is we know GM is trying to negotiate. We know Ford's trying to negotiate, but no one's talking about Stellantis. So this is interesting. When you think about Stellantis, you think this company was Chrysler. We all know Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, Jeep. We all know the brand. They've been bankrupt a few times, and the government bailed them out. They called it, you know, too big to fail. I don't know if that was the wisest choice. But anyway, they got a ton of money, your tax dollars, and they sold the company to Fiat Chrysler. FCA is Italian, Right. So on the other side, they couldn't make money, so they sold it to a company called PSA, which is Peugeot, and that's why it's now called Stellantis, just so that everyone understands. What's interesting is, is although Bernie Sanders is all about taking money from all these executives, I still don't see that Stellantis, which is a French car company, letting the UAW telling them, a French car company, how much they're going to make. So... I talked to a friend of mine, a mutual friend of ours. This is his comment, and I think it's so priceless because it really is. 
says, don't think Stellantis as a French company. Remember, the money comes from a company called Exor, E-X-O-R, if you're looking it up. It's a reinsurance company that owns Fiat Chrysler Group, which includes Ferrari, Alfa Romeo, Maserati, all the nice Italian cars that we like. Right. And that company is run by a guy named Gianni Agnelli. He's the grandson of John Elkin. Who's that? John Elkin is one of the founders and one of the people involved in this company. And he hired Carlos Tavares, I'm just talking about all these names, who runs (laughs) Stellantis in France. So do you think that they really care what the UAW says? They don't really care. Oh, that was a, you took a long way to get to this point, but it's a very valid well, I one. I wanted people to understand, yeah. I know, yeah. but basically Elkin, who is one of the money guy behind Fiat Chrysler and, and all the Italian brands and Stellantis and this purchase of Chrysler, basically, his, as he put it, couldn't give a rat's backside <laughs> about electric vehicles and that he will do whatever he wants and the last thing he's going to do is listen to the UAW. So this could be interesting. Wow. Because both you, myself, and Carl have ordered Demon 170s. Mine is built, and it's sitting there. Mine, too. A lot of yeah. people. Yeah. Why are, they, why are they holding these cars for some reason? I know They why. put them in store. Oh, you why. do. Please share. Well, I talked to a very good friend of ours who's a senior executive, and if I, I'll tell you off air, but you probably know who it is because I don't want to get them in trouble, he told me, in quote, we're not sending them out now because people are going to turn around and flip them oh, yeah. for those people who aren't going to get cars. Right, I mean, what do you mean aren't going to get cars? Uh-oh. He said, well, we thought there'd be 3,300 of these Demon 170s, but right now they're only building a maximum of like between 23 and 96 a day. There's no way doing basic math because they're done December 18th. So if you ordered a Demon 170, you may not get it. They're made in the Brampton, Ontario plant. Mm. And they still haven't settled with Unifor, which is Canada's UAW. And guess who's the next target? Mm. Unifor is mm. going after Stellantis in Canada. And the interesting thing about all of that is that they're going to strike if they don't have a deal by the 28th of October. So thank God our cars are built. But so what they're doing is they know this is possible. (laughs) Stellantis is sitting on every single Demon 170. And the only person that has one is one person, Jay Leno. Everybody else waits. You and I, Carl, and everyone else. Wait, why does Jay have his? Because he's Jay Leno. And we're not. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? Look at this. It's... It's... (laughs) It's just part of the insanity that's going on in the entire world right now. More of it, though. <laughs> I know. You know? Oh, I know. Gosh. And all I right. just rode with Carl. We rode at, uh, in the 2024 Lexus TX. We yes. drove all three variants. Actually, Carl's on my video, my car review. Oh, it's on Car Coach Reports on YouTube. Okay. So Carl and I have known each other like you and I have known each other for literally ever. Yeah. And uh, it was nice to ride with someone who, who's a car person, who's yeah. a real car person. Yep. So we could actually talk car stuff rather than sometimes as you and i know you get stuck with someone who's like a writer i don't know i write about cars i really don't know about them they give us a headache just a writer or they're influencers they're influencers i have a social media by the way by the way (laughs) carl carl just texted me to tell he's on hold he says tell lauren i said hi say hi to him he can hear you 
Hey, Carl. Good to talk to you. Here he comes next. Lauren Fix. Find her at carcoachreports.com. On Twitter, at Lauren Fix. Instagram, hashtag carcoachreports. She's all over the place. Thank you, Lauren. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Coming up next is Carl Brower. Stay with us. We'll be right back. It's The Drive. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, joining us at this point of the uh, show is my friend Carl Brower. He is a automotive industry analyst. He works with uh, the likes of iccars.com, and uh, he's got quite a few things going on with them right now. There's a new uh, new and used car affordability study that they've just released this week. Uh, but he also is on the uh, board and a juror for the North American Car and Truck of the Year and uh, works with Forbes Autos and all that kind of stuff as well as contributes to this show. Carl, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Appreciate that. Alan, the world's gone nuts. It's going, it's going sideways. What are we going to do? <laughs> Ain't it the truth? <laughs> Oh, my God. All right. So with that set aside, let's go to some nutty automotive stuff like the UAW. You know, I was talking to somebody about the UAW. I thought their timing could not be worse to try and do this, what they're trying to do, you know, in consideration of what's going on in this world right now. They just seem awful greedy to me, but I don't know. You know, what do you know? Yeah, well, I mean, again, I try to have some sympathy because they spent 10 plus years watching the automakers, the domestic automakers rake in record profits after getting a very aggressive negotiation because the companies almost went bankrupt in 2009. And so, you know, they come off of looking like they're going to possibly die. And then they go into their most successful, like 12 year period ever and uh, union workers who are assembling the cars are kind of sitting there putting all the cars together at you know, much lower rates and much lower benefits watching this happen while they assemble the cars. Right. So I, I try to have sympathy for their position, but I do feel like the leadership and specifically, let's just call a Sean Fain, a Sean Fain, you know, he, <laughs> he has shirts on that say, eat the rich. I think people have said they've seen um, Karl Marx bust in the background or something like that. And all. I mean, he, he seems to have an agenda and the agenda is the, what I've been saying, telling people is he wants to make a point. He doesn't want to make a deal. Right. 
And uh, that's not healthy for anyone, including the UAW members. Yeah. And we're going to see how they feel after Sean's, we're going to get these fat cat rich executives. You just watch, you know, that's a real great statement. Two months in at 500 bucks a week, UAW unemployment pay might not be quite as riled up uh, in the support side for him within his, uh, within his club there. Well, I mean, again, it comes back to kind of what I was saying. Timing is everything. You know, here we are. I just got a, a bit of news that uh, Stellantis, so all of Stellantis, is pulling out of the Consumer Electronics Show coming up in January. I don't know if you've heard that or not. Um, yep. It's because of these strikes. And so the ripple effect now... It's like it ripples out into the world. So, um, yeah, it's just a bummer. It's just, it, you know, it's all, it, what more can you say? It's a bummer for all of us. Well, and, and again, you got to be fair to the people who assemble the cars. I get it. You got to be fair to the companies that pay the people so that they remain competitive. Yeah. And, you know, there's a balance there. And I think there's maybe not a recognition of both sides there enough from the leadership at the UAW right now. And, you know, it's just ridiculous to say we want these things because we think we deserve them. It's like, well, you can think you deserve whatever you want. Then there's reality of a sustainable business model. And, you know, I'm pretty sure you guys aren't going to be happy if we give you everything you want. And two years later, we're all bankrupt. And now you got no jobs and no employment. So tell us again how you see this working long term at, you know, 32-hour work weeks and 40% pay increases and yeah. all sorts of crazy other benefits. Here's the actual little news piece. It says, Amsterdam, as the cost of the ongoing UAW strike against Stellantis continue to mount, the company has decided to cancel its planned display and presentations at the Consumer Electronics Show, CES 2024, the world's largest technology show scheduled for January in, in Las Vegas. I mean, these are not good things, as you know. I mean, well, I think it's going to be interesting to see. You know, I think already we're at a point where they could solve the problem tomorrow and they won't. But if they did and everyone was happy with an agreement, they might already not have every member come back. Like the damage done could right. be like, OK, well, we've come to an agreement now, you know, that's only 75 percent of your people. You know, you're going to lose 25 percent of your workforce. Yeah. So you just did all this stuff. And 75% of the former workforce gets the benefits. 25% are now permanently unemployed because we can't afford to employ them. You know, a lot of people still aren't really clear what the heck Stellantis is. And this, I just happened to notice this. So starting with the A's, which starts with Alfa Romeo and then Abarth and Chrysler, Citron, Dodge, DS Automobiles. I don't even know what that is. Jeep, Fiat, Lancia, Maserati, Opel, Peugeot, Ram, Ram trucks, Vauxhall, free to move, and lease systems powered by our diversity. And there's yada, 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 some other things in there, too, that don't matter to anybody. But, that, well, they do. They matter to Stellantis. But, I mean, as far as the automotive enthusiast world, that's a lot of car companies that are going to be, like I said, the ripple effect of this strike goes deep. And it has, oh, it has deep cutting bits and pieces to it that are going to be long lasting. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I think this is going yeah. to be a, you know, a thing that's going to last a good long time. It's really sad. Don't forget uh, we're entering the EV push. EVs are not as profitable as conventional cars. I'm yeah. not sure 
when or if they ever will be Allen. So mm-hmm. to have all that stuff sitting there right in front of the manufacturer's eyes while this goes on, you know, we're not sure how we're going to make money at the old rates and the UAW jumping up and down saying, we want more money, we want more money. Not a good, not no. a good combo. Okay, so this, this song is appropriate then. Uh, it's called I Will Survive. Uh, Carl Brower joining us right now. ICcars.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about their new uh, and used car affordability study that's just come out. ICcars.com. Stay with us. It is The Drive. And I learned how to get along so This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru. Join Subaru in celebrating their fifth annual National Make-A-Dogs Day on October 22nd. A day to do something special for all dogs. This day, combined with the Subaru Loves Pets initiative, has helped many shelter animals find loving homes, including hard-to-adopt underdogs. Learn more at Subaru.com slash Make-A-Dogs-Day. Well, it is The Drive. I'm Alan Taylor. Carl Brower joining us, uh, an executive analyst for iccars.com. Check it out. Lots of studies and lots going on there, of course, but their newest study on new and used car affordability is out. Carl's here to talk all about it. What do you got there, Carl? Well, uh... If, if anyone's been watching the interest rates, they know that those have gone up. And oh, yeah. since buying a car is a loan procedure, a finance procedure for most people, you would assume that cars are that much harder to afford, not only because they're more expensive, but because the financing portion of buying them is more right. expensive. You know what's funny? It used to be that you know you would save your shekels. I'm not going to say money because this is way before you know, what we have today, which we call money, which is now, you know, just paper. I don't even know what the heck it is, but you would save up your cabbage and you would put it in a pile and you'd go in there and you'd buy a brand new car for $2,900. You know, it's so sad to me. I was talking to a friend the other day that for five bucks, I could fill my Volkswagen Beetle gas tank five bucks when I was in high school. And you know, five bucks was five bucks today. Five bucks is one gallon, you know, and in some towns, not, it's three not quarters. Not in California. Yeah, where not you in California. are, three quarters of a gallon. <laughs> <laughs> it's you don't even get to the next gas station. Oh my God! Yeah. But anyway, you're right. Financing is a big deal. Go ahead. So you'd think the higher interest rates would be really playing havoc. Well, they are with new cars because new car prices have gone up, and the financing of new car purchases have gone up. So new cars are less affordable. But believe it or not, Alan used cars are more affordable than they were a year ago because offsetting the higher interest rates are lower used car prices and there has been an improvement in median household income. So that's what we did is we didn't just look at prices for the study. We looked at affordability, which as you know, means how hard is it for the average person to buy a car based on what the average car costs and what the average car average car buyer is making and what the average financing costs will be. And it's not a huge drop. It's only a drop of uh, 5.8%. But used cars are technically slightly more affordable today than they were in October of 2022. Mm. And that's good news. And what's more interesting is that new and used EVs both are more affordable 
because as I've noted in some other calls with you that we keep seeing, EV prices are dropping like a stone. The market's getting saturated. They're starting to stack up at dealerships and new and used EVs just don't have the pulling power they had a year ago. And the result is that you can get them for far lower costs. So new and used EVs and used cars in general are more affordable than a year ago. New cars, mm. they're less affordable. They are Hold harder on. to buy than ever. Hold on before you go there. Here's my thought on that. Who in their right mind would buy a, let's just give an example, a used EV with 70 or 80 or 90,000 miles, let alone 100 or 110? Who in their right mind? Because guess what? What the living hell are you going to do about when you need that $30,000 battery? I saw a thing. Somebody tried to replace a battery, and it was $29,950 or whatever for the battery in an EV, which was probably cheap. <laughs> but the problem is it is the great unknown, you know? It's like we yeah. really don't know. So, of course, EV prices for used EVs is not only dropping, it's down because now they're starting to get a few miles on them, which scares the hell out of people because that battery like, hey, there, I got a couple of atomic bombs over here. They're used, but uh, I think they're perfectly good. You just have to keep them a mile <laughs> underground in case they go off. I mean, it's like. That is a ticking time bomb to me. I don't know. That's that's just my opinion, and I don't know enough to be, you know, really that intelligent at this point because I've been a little bit out of the, you know, ever since COVID, I stepped back from the auto industry a little bit. I know more about cow dung right now than I do electric cars, but that's only because I choose cow dung over electric. Some, it's, that's a, some would say those two things are really the same. Right. Anyways, it's a step uh, up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, continue on. Now to news yeah. car, new cars, all right? Yeah, three yeah, minutes. Yeah, well, real quick on the battery thing, is yeah. you're 100% right. And that's funny you said that because there's another uh, person I've, I've spoken to and other people I've heard talking about this, which is when are we going to have a viable, standardized measuring device for how much is left in a car's battery? Right. There should be right. some kind of a test that you can cycle a battery through and how, then How much know, life? Oh, yes. Yeah, yes, yes. this thing's got... You know, the equivalent of four years or 40,000 miles left on it, or, oh, right. God, this thing's maybe got 10,000 miles or a year, and it's going to be gone. Yeah. You know, we should be able to do that, and there is no standardized way to do that, and it creates the exact situation you just described. Well, Why uh, would I buy a used EV when I don't know if it's got one or seven years left on the battery? I'll give you an example. I have an electric forklift that's been in my field that literally is a biohazard because I don't know what to do with it because it's an electric forklift. All right, enough said. My cows won't even go near it. But, but anyway, you were going to give us two minutes on new car prices before we get run over by a commercial. Yeah, and new car prices are up, of course. They continue to, to advance, and because they keep going up plus interest rates going up, it's just harder to purchase one. And, you know, you can always make a car more affordable if you lengthen the loan, Alan. So we looked into how long would a loan have to be to afford a new car for the average car buyer? <laughs> 10 years. 90 months. 90 months <laughs> okay, is what it would go. take for the average new car buyer oh. to pay for the average new car at the cost they, wow. they cost now. Yeah. So I mean to tell you, this is just, and, and look, at, I don't mean to be down on these electric cars. I mean, electric cars have been around since the 1800s, Right. I mean, I saw a thing the other day in the late 1800s. They were developing electric cars. They, they made sense back then. Porsche had one. There you go. Porsche had one. And so it, it's like they've been around a long time, but they've never 
perfected what to do. So my last comment about that, this whole study, by the way, is available at iccars.com. You guys should go and look at it if you're interested. But I still think there needs to be some kind of a drive it in, drop the battery out, and they take your battery and trade it in because these need to be and must be recyclable. And they give you a new battery, and it's got to be a simple way of doing it. Part of the, like the emission systems is a lifetime emission systems on some of these cars. So it's got to be something done like that to entice people like me who have some essence of common sense left in my tiny little pea brain. Oh, my gosh. We'll take a break. <laughs> Carl Brown. ICcars.com. Check out the new and used car affordability study there. Uh, we're going to be right back with Carl Brower and talk about those those pesky self-driving cars like mosquitoes in San Francisco. Big giant mosquitoes all over the Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. listening to the drive yes uh, that's a uh, horns um yeah when you're driving along in san francisco every now and then you may see a car that doesn't have a driver uh, because self-driving cars are floating around san francisco without anybody in them and it's starting to annoy san francisco drivers carl has a little insight into that um carl <laughs> that to me is still just freaky. That's all there is to it. <laughs> well, the, the the self-driving cars, big quotes around that, by the way. Yeah. But, um, you know, because it's like, well, they don't have humans in them, but if they're not really driving like they're supposed to, are they really self-driving cars or are they self kind of stumbling and fumbling cars? Yeah. But they've been annoying the local residents in every place they've been deployed, Austin, Phoenix, San Francisco, for like increasingly for years. Where it got nasty was they were also starting to screw up emergency services. Mm. Think about this. This is like the perfect little microcosm of why we still don't have self-driving cars, even though five years ago, everyone was like, oh, we're going to all be in self-driving cars by like 2020. It's like, no, we're not, you (laughs) idiot. Um, The human brain can evaluate an infinite number of things in real time and kind of figure out what to do. Right. Whether it's. Two people pull up to a stop sign at almost the exact same time. They finally make eye contact. One waves the other one on and on you drive. A simple thing that the average person doesn't give a second thought because it's instinctual. Right. Just getting a self-driving car to figure that out 
is so many lines of code, so many repeated tests and all that. Right. So this is that times like 10 in terms of difficulty, okay? You're going down the road in like San Francisco where you got narrow roads, lots of traffic, and all of a sudden an emergency vehicle is coming up behind you, passes you, and then pulls over immediately in front of you because that's where the house is with the person who's suffering from a medical emergency. Again, a human would pull over when they hear the noise, stop, let the emergency vehicle pull in front of them, and then look over their right shoulder and pull out when it's safe. And an autonomous car, it's like, what am I doing here? This car's not doing anything. It's not following the laws of traffic that it's supposed to follow. Just pulled in front of me. So they were causing problems. They were getting in the way of emergency vehicles. They were screwing up their ability to get places quickly and annoying the heck out of people. And especially the cruise ones, which is the GM version. There's there's like five systems out there. There's Google and there's Argo, which now has been dissolved. It's the Ford Volkswagen one and all. So Cruise, the Chevy GM one, just did an update. And they're supposed to be smarter and better able to handle emergency vehicles. So we're, as well we're talking, as just generally avoiding annoying consumers off, too, is what right. they're supposed to do. But just, so we're just, not, they just did an update. Let me just clarify, then. We're not just talking about cars that are passenger-free. What do they want to call those cars? I don't know. Delivery cars, delivery machines. Like the pizza delivery place has a machine, a, a machine, a car a little van thing that'll go out and deliver pizzas. There's nobody in it. It's just an autonomous vehicle. They've had them in in warehouses for automakers for years. These are ones where there's somebody in it even. And the person is just... They're Ubers. Yeah, they're not even paying attention. They're in the back seat. They probably couldn't do anything if they wanted to anyway, if it's an Uber-type car. So what a mess. And how embarrassing for the person. So here's a whole new anxiety is... Will I be involved in some sort of an accident where some you know mother is giving birth in the ambulance and, and this stupid self-driving thing you know crashes the ambulance and somebody either gets hurt or killed? What a horrible scenario! Worse than if you're guilty, at least you're guilty. The best. Well, and go ahead. It's it's true, and it's true, and and you know I was talking to some people, local people in San Francisco. You know, it was one of the media outlets there, and they were like, "Why are they updating this now? Why didn't they keep this from ever happening?" And it's like. Boom, you just hit it. Okay, the reason they didn't keep this from ever happening is because they didn't know. It's the ultimate, uh, you know, we don't know what we don't know statement, right? right. You can sit there in a, in a lab, Alan, and imagine and try to forecast all the things a car will deal with for as long as you want. Maybe you spend two days, maybe you spend two years doing it. I don't know. But when you're done, guess what happens within seconds of you sending the vehicle out? Oh, crap, we didn't foresee that. You know, <laughs> right. that's, Another that's one. just the... That's yeah. the nature of existence of the, as humans. And that's that's right. why the human brain is so amazing. Is yeah. that no matter what happens, you draw upon some level of experience and wisdom you've already got, and you kind of figure your way out through it. Yeah. Computers don't do that. You know what a computer knows? Only what it's been told. Yeah. It doesn't know anything else. Well, AI, Carl, the AI is going to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> you go read some AI, and you tell me how it's yeah. figuring everything out. But, but that's it. Oh, is, so we have to learn. Every time there's a new situation, the coders trying to program these autonomous cars have to go, oh, yeah, that thing. Like, I'll give you an example. You know what these cars were doing? They were driving over the hoses of fire departments oh, that are strewn across the street. Gosh. They're driving over. Now, how many people at the Brainiacs and at the Uber, at the self-driving labs sat there and said, what do we do when there's a fire hose across the street <laughs> yeah, and no, the no, 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 shouldn't no. drive over? Carl, Nobody thought of that. Carl, it had to happen. Too many, like, oh, too many spokes in that wheel to be figured out. <laughs> I'm looking at a, a meme, the best one I've seen in a long time. It's George Orwell. It says, boy, did I call it or what? 
Uh, that's it for us. Carl Brower is with iccars.com. Thank you, Carl. That's it for me, everybody. See you next week. The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget. Never settle. Never surrender. And now, Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC.